you know, you could always count on good food. Like we love food and we love dessert, but absolutely my sister will make a dessert with almond or coconut flour. There's always plenty of protein and veggies, you know, always start off with that. So it's funny how even our parties have changed over the years. You know, we were younger, you'd always see, we'd have big family parties at my parents' house, be bowls of M&Ms, you know, all these different snacks out around and Coke. And, you know, now fast forward, you don't see that. You'll see the veggie platter. We'll start with our salads. This is just everybody. So it is helpful when you surround yourself with like-minded people and take those points from them. And it's fun, it makes it easier. I'm Ben Grenell, part of the early startup team here at Levels. We're building tech that helps people to understand their metabolic health, and this is your front row seat to everything we do. This is a whole new level. Sarah Beamer grew up in a family focused on physical fitness and nutrition. It was always a big part of her life. But it wasn't until later in adulthood that she got into fitness competitions and she started to think about the way that she was fueling her body. Well, full circle comes around and she gets introduced to levels. She starts using a CGM. And what she realized is that the way that she was fueling her body made a big difference in her physical performance, her overall fitness routine, and the way that she thought about maintaining a health and wellness journey. And so Sarah and I sat down and we talked about everything from IVF to fitness and nutrition. She shared a lot of intimate details about her journey and it was a really important conversation to have. Here's where we kick things off. Why don't we kick it off with, let's go into your background. So um, we know you've been a Levels member for a while and you've had the Spotlight article as one of our featured member stories, but very cool background as far as the way that you got into uh, health and wellness and fitness competitions later in life as a working professional, as a mom, and there are all these layers. So why don't we... Why don't we take it yeah. way back and let's unpack it with a bit of your background um, before you got into health and wellness, and then we'll take the journey up through there. Well, I'll I'll take you back just to middle school, and then we'll go back and kind of um, how everything does tie back. Um, so, you know, I our family is very athletic, and my parents are very health conscious, and um, I grew up playing sports, uh, but was also a chubby kid, so. Um, once college rolled around and I wasn't playing sports anymore, it definitely packed on the weight and, um, and that lasted for quite a while. And up until, you know, I always enjoyed working out, but it was more just to lose weight, just to lose weight. That's the only reason I was in the gym and, you know, I, I, I'd enjoy it afterwards and how it felt. Um, but it wasn't until later when we were trying to get pregnant that I really had to start to pay attention. And I actually had my IVF doctor tell me, hey, you know what, after you know the third try, you, you need to eat better. You need to do everything you can to have a healthier body. And that's never fun to hear. And it was, okay, that's kind of where I really started to think more about what I was putting into my body. Like I said, growing up, I was chubby and I've been on every diet you could think of from Weight Watchers to the cabbage soup diet to, all, you know, all of those things in grade school, carnation shakes for lunch. Um, 
So yes, during IVF and going through that, I you know started really pay attention to the foods, um, and then also doing acupuncture. That was a big part of it too. Just really kind of the connection of okay, the body and the connection. That's really acupuncture's really hit home. Um, the idea of that it's all connected. You got to nurture your body and just different foods, and it, it just um, uh, everything made more sense. Everything was a little more connected. I wasn't just doing, doing, eating and exercising to lose weight. You know, it was so much more than that. So eventually we did get pregnant. And during my pregnancy is also when, you know, I would read all the books and I really took it seriously when I, you know, heard, you know, you're literally feeding your child. Everything you put into your mouth was going to them. So that's when I would try to eat all the different fruits, the, the vegetables, make sure I got my vitamins. And uh, also, you know, I also heard you're developing their palate too. And so that for me, it was, okay, great. I'm going to make sure I eat a variety of foods just so they start getting used to it. Um, but that, that's kind of how the connection started. But, you know, had kids, gained weight after pregnancy and working out, trying to get back in shape, uh, really kind of pushing myself, trying out different workouts uh, and then had different trainers and just really, again, it was much more than losing weight. It became, well, what's really going on inside my body? You know, during my workouts, it was, okay, no, there's, there's always the mind-body connection. I think that's with each and every person that I mentioned, my IVF doctor, my acupuncturist, um, to, you know, being in the gym, what is the connection? Don't just do, find out what the connection is and just make such a difference it, as far as just enjoyment as well. So. Um, I, I became fascinated with the body, fascinated with, okay, if I do this, if I work out this way, this will be good for cutting down or this will be for muscle growth. If I eat, you know, such foods before workout, this will give me the energy. Um, so I really just got into that. I was, would always ask a million questions to everybody. And, um, and that's how, you know, I really became serious with the, uh, with the workouts and decided, hey, yeah, like these competitions look very interesting. It just looks like a good challenge. So I was, I was up for the challenge and I would work out and eat as though I was, you know, getting ready for a competition because um, I didn't want that pressure. And then I did that for maybe two summers in a row. And then my family was like, why don't you just actually do the competition? You know, like you're going through all this hard work. Why not just go out there? So that's, that's how that came about. And I uh, did a competition and really learned, again, macros, you know, the, the, the macronutrients, the main ones, the protein, carbs, and fats. And then, like I said, the timing and just how it really affects the body. Um, you know, as I was prepping, going through different stages, you know, you either go through the stages of, I'm trying to add muscle here and there. Okay, well, how should I be eating? And then it was, okay, now I got to cut down. And it was just, it was just exciting. It was fun. It was really neat to see how the body responds. So um, that's why, that's why I loved it. And I, I enjoyed it. It took a lot of time and effort, but you know what? I learned so much about the body and all the different changes and that I did have control. And I think that was the difference is that growing up, it was just do this, just do that. If there's no understanding of what's going on, then it's much harder and not enjoyable. Now it was great. Let's see. And I'm still that way where it's, uh, okay, I was going more with the carbs. 
I'm going to go more higher fat. I'm going to do intermittent fasting. I love just trying out different things and just see how my body reacts. Um, and during this time, in fact, professionally, I wasn't in the health industry. You know, I was doing consulting for cities and counties, doing um, overhead studies, fee studies, revenue studies. So I enjoyed going out and meeting people and, and traveling. But, uh, you know, once the kids came around and just the understanding of health, things just really shifted. And as, you know, I started to help, people started reaching out, asking for help with, with their nutrition, with their workouts. And, you know, I find myself, that's, that's all I want to, to read and help people with. It was fun because um, I had to, like I said, I was traveling a lot, had kids. My lifestyle changed. So overall, you know, over the years, yes, I fell in love with health and fitness. And then I had to, I had to learn to adapt um, because I still wanted to be healthy. I still want to include some kind of workouts or good nutrition, you know. And so it was, how am I going to do that on the road? You know, how am I going to do that with less time with the kids? Um, and then also just along the way, teaching them about this as well. Because if they can have that early connection to food and understanding, you know, they'll have a lifetime, you know, start early and have an understanding and uh, a healthier life early enough. So that's, that has led me to where I am now, to where I'm, I'm helping more and more people. I decided this is what I'm going to do full time. This is what I've been doing is the nutritional coaching, um, the training. And now it's, it's individuals and, and families as well. People want to know, okay, your kids eat that, you know, how, why, um, or I, you know, they'll tell me, I don't have time to work out. I don't have time to do this. So, so I can give them all the tools, all the things I've done over the years. And uh, it's, it's fun. It's just really fun to, to listen to people. Tell me about your life. And we make it work for them. Um, so it's, it's been a fun journey. And that's where I'm at. And well, let me take it back. Originally, that the, when I was talking about acupuncture and going through IVF, I also had to realize that I was going through to do that too. Because when I was four years old, uh, they found that I had a tumor in my spine. And so I had surgeries for that removal, have bowel obstruction. And then I find out all that scar tissue is what led me to IVF. So it was, oh, the body is amazing. It can heal itself. But also sometimes it, that can kind of get in the way. And just the connection through all that. It's like, wow, something from years ago, you know, is now affecting me that I never even thought of. Um, so it was, you know, it, it also was, you know what? You're lucky to be able to walk. You know, because they, they severed a major nerve in my leg and they weren't sure I was going to be able to walk. But my brothers and sisters and physical therapy helped me. Uh, and so I was able to walk. And so all of those pieces kind of fit together to where I am now. You know, just understanding like, no, you know, the body will heal. Let's, let's help it heal. Let's give it everything it needs um, through physical therapy, through food, whatever it may be. So, and a great support system, of course. But, and then, you know, a couple of years ago, Levels, I mean, to really go, okay, now I have even more information available to know, oh my gosh, what's going on inside my body? What's been going on inside my body these last couple of years when I've been changing the way I eat? Um, you know, like I said, at different times when I was preparing for the competition, you know, I'd eat to gain muscle and, um, and a little bit more, more carbs and seeing, oh my gosh, my blood sugar was going through the roof. You know, at times it, 
obviously it was very helpful because I have it for my workout and I knew I was using that fuel for my workouts. So, um, so now it's okay, great. I'm going lower carb. Let me see what happens. Obviously I'm, I'm not trying to gain muscle, not trying to do compete or anything now. It's more of, Hey, I'm, I want a nice steady blood sugar. I don't, I know those fluctuations are not good since I'm not using that, you know, using that right for my workout every time. So, um, to just have the information really available has been so much fun. So, um, that's, that's where I'm at with levels. It's, there are times where it's like, okay, I know what's going to happen. Other times it's, it definitely surprises me. It's wait, what, what's going on here? And, um, I definitely discovered a lot of different things about me and it has helped change my lifestyle, whether it's sleep and, um, other things that they do throughout the day. So it's been fun. The the exploration is so cool because it seems like it never ends. Like yeah. you're you're always sort of unlocking these things. Why don't we double click on this this period of your life, the chapter when you were first going through IVF, when you got that input from your doctor and they said hey, you're going to have to make changes. What were the course of action? Like, what did you do? Was it one of these things where you had the insight, you're going to have to make changes and they are X, Y, Z, or was it, you're going to have to make changes, brick wall, and you have to go down this phase or the, like this path of personal exploration to say, like, where, what does this mean? Where do I go? Was right. it one of the, was it the, the former or the latter? Like, did you have a foundation where you, you knew what the next steps were, whether it was related to lifestyle or diet or all these things, or was it just sort of, Hey, this isn't going to work unless, and then, mm-hmm. and the reason I ask is I've got so many friends, my wife and I have friends who've gone through, um, different fertility treatments and the answers they get are often the you're going to have to make changes and they just walk out like they have no idea what to do or where to start. And so I would love to hear more about what that looked like and felt like and how you sort of processed it to get, because now we we have to highlight, you've got three kids, I believe. Three three kids kids now. Yeah, it's three kids. Um, So we'd love to dive into that if you're open to talking about it. And it's definitely open about all that because I just, another thing I just, I know some people are very private and absolutely understand that. But I always tell people, if you have any questions, please ask. Uh, you know, I'd love to share. I know technology and everything has changed over the years, but emotionally and the things that helped along the way, emotionally, physically, that's important. And anytime you have resources and something to guide you, it, uh, just knowing that it is a huge help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, you know, my doctor, he is very healthy and fit himself. You know, he'd always talk about his running and everything. And when he told me, um, I needed to just get to get healthier. There, there wasn't an exact plan, but you know, I think because we did talk about the foods, um, exercise, he did kind of go over that. Um, thankfully, I did have the background, did know. Uh, it, again, I grew up playing sports. My parents, um, again, worked out. Seeing that growing up, that's just what we do, right? So it wasn't this new idea. Um, and, and that's what's interesting now to see other people and help other people. Some of them have never really worked out or seen their parents work out. So this is, oh my gosh, I have to work out. It sounds, sounds horrible to them. Um, so for me at that time, yes, I knew it was diet and working out. Was there exact set plan? No. Um, so I had to go off of what I knew there were options out there. I knew, okay, work out. Um, 
that's just because of my history. But going into, I see how other people go, great, what does that mean? I mean, even mm-hmm. still, you have people that have worked out or dieted their whole life and they're still like, it's not working or what am I doing wrong? You know, maybe they don't have the resources. So for everybody's body is different. Um, and again, I think that that all goes back to everybody's lifestyle and um, finding that motivation. It, you know, that motivation when the doctor's saying you need to get healthy because that's, uh, that's what's going to help your body you know, get pregnant. That's going to help the ovaries, the blood circulation, all that. So, um, yeah, I think it would be great for people going through IVF, um, to have those resources. Um, because I could definitely see it. And it goes back to any doctor's appointment, right? You have some, um, doctors who may say, you need to lose weight. You need to do this. Okay, great. Then they leave the office and that's it. But when they hand them the information or they say, Hey, you know, go to so-and-so, they'll, they'll help you out. They'll guide you along. Um, yeah, because I, I can't imagine walking out. I can't imagine walking out of that office, not having the history, not having grown up to see what it's like to work out and eat healthy. Um, because otherwise you'd be lost and go, let me go to the next doctor. You know, you hear those people that don't want to go to doctors because they don't want to hear that I need to lose weight. I need to move my body, uh, eat healthier. And again, just what is healthy? You know, some people go, okay, well, great. I'm going to eat protein bars and I'm going to eat fruit all day. Okay. I, now knowing, you know, and I did, we did grow up with a lot of fruit and the starchy vegetables. And we always give my dad a hard time because he doesn't like you know, asparagus <laughs> or any of those really good veggies. But, um, but, you know, back then it was, you know, my parents did the best they could and they, they did a great job. But, you know, I can only imagine some of the people going through IVF and just all their ideas of what healthy is. And then just kind of understanding of, you know, a lot of people that are there also have PCOS, you know, Mm -hmm. so there is a certain way to eat for that. But I I can imagine how lost they could be. And I don't know. I don't know what kind of resources as far as other offices have. Um, Mm -hmm. But at least my doctor did explain, you know, a little bit. And I think if I maybe went, if I maybe said, I have no idea what to do, then he would have definitely laid out some kind of plan or referred me to go somewhere. Um, to get some kind of workout nutrition plan because he is, he was so focused on health and just, you know, I knew he was a runner. No, you know, we talked about anytime he traveled, he made sure he was out there getting his uh, workout in and exploring the city. So we had those conversations. So, yeah. It's such an important foundation to have though, because one of the things that you highlighted is this idea of like, well, what is healthy? And so let's make the assumption that, um, Somebody is insulin resistant, but they don't know it because they're active. They're physically active. Let's not even put a time box on how many times per week, uh, the duration, the type of workout. Let's just say like air quotes active. They're physically active. But the food they're consuming over time is what they think is healthy. So this is where the, the gap without having some data or some feedback to say what? Like I've had that for my whole life. Things like quinoa and brown rice and sweet potatoes and you start to compound all of these carbs now if you and it's not to say that that is entirely bad that's not the message the message is let's let's say you have the brown rice quinoa and sweet potato all in this bowl Mm. together and you think this is really healthy and i'm doing the right thing for my body and over time you go wait a minute this thing you see some data finally this thing that i was having for so long caused me to 
become insulin resistant. And where it gets even more challenging, Dr. Lustig talks about this often, Dr. Gottfried as well, where somebody can look physically by our mental model of what physical health is. Somebody can physically look healthy, but inside their body, they're not, right? You've got chronic inflammation, you've got insulin resistance, you've got all of these biomarkers that are off because of so many lifestyle factors. And so that's where it gets really hard is that, and that's why I asked about having that foundation when you were going through IVF, because the gap sometimes is just this knowledge gap of like not actually knowing what to do. And it feels really, I would imagine it feels deflating where somebody walks out just based on the anecdotes from our, our friends where they say like, I, I feel lost. I feel more lost than ever. I don't know what to do. And so knowing that there, there are people like you who are open to talking about things like this and sharing your journey and your story of how you thought about making these changes, it's I mean, it's so important to, even if that message spreads to one person, it makes a difference to spread to two and to four and Absolutely. on and on. So I appreciate I, you sharing uh -oh, the story. Yes. Well, you talked about, you know, we hear about all these healthy foods, you know, you're talking about the quinoa, the brown rice and uh, sweet potatoes. Yes. And it could go the other way too, right? I, I mean, I deal with a lot of people that they tell me I'm having my salad. I make my own dressing. I drizzle on the olive oil. I add the avocado, and then by the time they're done, you're going, ooh, that's a lot of fat on there, you know? And so it's, I mean, like they say, too much of anything isn't good, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. but same thing happens with smoothies, right? Oh, I'm having mm -hmm. a smoothie every day, and it's, you know, all, all this, too much of anything um, mm -hmm. is like just having that balance. But yes, now understanding, I think, and, and that's why I love that I learned about macros, you know, mm -hmm. learning, okay, what really is a protein? What is the carb? What is fat? And just using that now with levels to, you know, okay, now I know to have protein, you know, fiber, fat, you know, with my meals. And I can tell anybody, uh, tell everybody, you know, don't just have a carb on its own, you mm -hmm. know, unless you're going out there and competing and, you know, running a race, that that's fine. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's interesting because we just sometimes focus on what's supposed to be healthy. Great. I'm throwing all those healthy foods in there. You know, so it, could, it can get a little complicated. It's a little bit of, you do a little bit of everything. Um, but you talked about too, um, you may giving, just being open. I think for me, being open about the IVF um, journey, again, like you said, you tell one person, give them a little tidbit and it, it could just make such a difference. Mm -hmm. um, and that it could filter down because maybe that they pass it along the same when we're talking to parents or kids and uh, about health and their lifestyle, giving them little pieces of information and seeing how that impacts the whole family. You know, that's, that's, that's fun. So um, yeah, it's, it's, it's so interesting now that you brought up the IVF and did they tell you, I, I wonder what the other offices, other doctors do, you know, what kind of resources they do give to the patients. That'd be very interesting to find out. Yeah. So, yeah, it's debunking a lot of the things around to go down the the rabbit hole and digress a little bit. Uh -huh. you, you touch on the idea of messaging and we often loosely discuss the idea of marketing gone wrong. And it's not that people necessarily have poor intent when they go, do go down these paths, but things like juicing. So this like this. um this mindset or this like sort of trend will spread throughout society. Juicing's great. 
And it's like, well, let's like really dissect that because what does that mean? Assume somebody is actually making their own juice at home. I think where the, the this thought was inspired was when you said you're making everything at home and you can control what you put in. So somebody starts juicing, they're stripping away the fiber from that fruit if they're uh-huh. using fruit, right? If it's, but you're taking all of the sugar, you're dumping it in and you're dumping it into a drink and you're consuming it really fast. That is just objectively not good for you. And there have been many stories of people who, who over time have elevated their glucose or their, their, we'll say, um, They've, uh, they've become insulin resistant, but they've elevated their average glucose levels significantly because they're trying to go on a juicing diet or they're trying to do something that is not metabolically healthy for them. And that is the the point you made around everything in moderation, things like fat and things. So you have to think through all of these little data points, but what you think you're doing that's healthy, assume somebody, let, let's sort of like riff on this example. Somebody is going through uh, fertility treatments and they might hear you're going to have to make changes. And so they don't know what to do. And they start thinking, okay, well, I'm going to be really clean. And I start juicing and it's just making it much, it's making it worse and worse and worse. And so you need that. You need to start spreading these messages of what does it actually mean to eat healthy? If people don't have something like a CGM as one tool to give them some data or some feedback to say like, this is really what's happening. And the caveat to all this Glucose is a single marker of many in the body. And so um, all these points come into consideration, but a lot of it comes through sharing stories in the way that you're you're doing it with the people that you work with to change this message. And having that firsthand experience makes a very, very big difference for many people. Yes, yeah, no, it's it's been great. And like you said, it, I think sometimes people, when they approach it, just like when I heard, oh, eat, be healthy, or you tell anybody, go out there, you know, change your lifestyle. I mean, people take it to the extreme. And my old thing is make gradual changes. You know, it's got, it has to be a lifestyle because if, if it's too extreme, great. You could do it for a little while. It's just like people who can really cut down the calories and diet and lose weight fast. And when people come to me and say, I want to lose 10 pounds this month, like, well, wait, this, we want this to be a lifestyle. You know, sure. I can tell you how to drop weight really quickly, but this is, this is more about a lifestyle. This is this is the rest of your life. This is about doing it the healthy way, you know? So um, the extreme can only last so long, but the benefits too, whether it's IVF, again, having now kids, it's, we want them to see, we are such an example for them to see in the way we eat. So even through IVF, it's, you don't want extremes, you want it to become a lifestyle because their kids are going to pick up on that as well. So whether it's the food you're eating, um, obviously you have to nourish the baby too, and your body. Um, so it is healthy. Uh, but if, if they do approach it the right way, it becomes much easier, those gradual changes. And then, you know, they continue on those habits and those filter down to the kids or just to other family members. You know, um, I, I forget, maybe it's on one of your podcasts or somebody said, you want to know how healthy you are? Look at the five closest people around you. You know, they, they have such an important impact on your decisions every day, you know? So um, but, but yes, I mean, levels, you know, that's another thing. Like I said, it was, I was very health conscious and understanding of the foods, but to all of a sudden get the data, um, okay. We, you know, this whole time we've been talking about food and workouts, but the sleep, that's probably my biggest challenge. And 
um, I, I don't get enough sleep. And, you know, I had a bad habit of, because I wake up earlier to go work out. I wake up earlier than my husband. But at the end of the night, when the kids are in bed, if I just want to hang out and talk, you know, I'm down here talking and, okay, I will just fall asleep on the couch while he's finishing watching the show and then wake up and then go up to bed. Oh man, seeing what was going on with the, with through levels of the CGM and just seeing my blood sugar just skyrocket once I wake up from the couch and realizing, oh, it's interrupting my sleep pattern, you know? Um, mm -hmm. Man, that really, that really hit home. So, and that was, uh, even still, it's a bad habit, but, uh, you know, and even because of levels, you know, you get to see those spikes and you're recording your food or just taking a picture. It's very easy. But what's interesting is, you know, even for me, okay, I'm like, great, I'm going to take a picture. Oh my gosh, I just ate like an hour ago, but I'm having a snack and you get to see it. And so, What's nice is that it's even a check for me to go, you, that, that you just ate an hour ago. What are you doing? Is it because it's just, you're trying to avoid something, you're stressed, give, give your body some rest, you know, let, let it digest the food. Um, but also we take a picture of what you're eating, you know, or write, write it down. It's like, yeah, that's probably not the best thing. But even for me, like I said, the, the sleep and just seeing, and the foods and, um, or just even the other day, just taking like one of those immune shots, a friend was like, hey, try this new one. And it was the first thing I ate. And it was interesting because, you know, it's all fruit juice and it was good, good stuff in there. But to see the blood sugar, I knew better, but I didn't have any protein or anything with me. Fine. Not, you know, mm -hmm. you can even take that to extreme, right? No, I can't try this little bottle of juice because my blood sugar. It's like, you're going to be okay. I think every now and then you're going to be everything in balance, you know? Um, and that's another thing. I don't want to see the, have the kids see me be extreme with anything. You know, I had to do that when I was preparing for competitions and all that. I don't want them to be extreme because I know they pick up on everything. So, but Levels has been great because they ask a million questions about it. And they know I, I have to have my protein and veggies. So before anything, it, you know, I always ask, yes, yes, we had our veggies. Yes, we had protein, you know, so. It's been fun. It's it's been a great learning experience for them. So, kids are sponges. Yes, our our kids constantly ask to scan their arm. Even oh. <laughs> they, they, they take the phone all the time. It's pretty funny. But that's yeah. the hat hat tip to Gabe Mendoza. That was the podcast with him where he said the the biggest takeaway or ways that he he was thinking about making change was influencing the five closest people around him mm -hmm. so they can influence okay. the five closest around them. And that's how you start to get these movements because it's so much harder to change things at a policy level. Yeah. And and so, yeah, it's, it's very important that that foundation or that we'll, we'll call it that group of people that you surround yourself with start to form these habits because good habits and bad habits, habits are very hard to make and very hard to break good and bad. So uh -huh. you can have a bad habit that's very hard to break and you can have a good habit that can be harder to keep if you don't set the right conditions. And there's all this science and all these great things about habit formation that we can get into, but it's a much deeper conversation. Right. When you start to think about other things though, um, along the lines of the way that you think about things like sleep being one input 
as a lifestyle choice or a lifestyle factor that impacts your overall health and wellness. And you can see some feedback, you can see some data and you go, oh, that's really what's happening, right? Because you're, you've got um, the nutrition component relatively figured out you've got the fitness component relatively figured out and everything is relative because it's always relative is the caveat because it's ever changing for all of us at different stages of life and depending on so many other factors but everything is relatively stable but you go wait this one thing like i didn't realize it was having such a big impact on my overall health and wellness and so getting those little insights make a very big difference i know even personally i found the same thing with sleep it was easy or it has been easy to dismiss sleep, even though you can read Matthew Walker's book and you can listen to Andrew Huberman talk about it on a podcast and you can understand all these things. Yeah. But until you start using other wearables like Aura or Whoop or you see levels data and you go, okay, like, am I going to keep pulling the wool over my eyes? Like, this is just not objectively good for me long term. And so you start to think about it different. It's Interesting right. that that was, that was like a big insight or a takeaway that, that you've had. You know, one of the things I got into was uh, meditation from acupuncturist, but also my life coach. And so I remember saying, try to meditate in the mornings. And, you know, I was like, well, I'm getting up at four to go work out. And, and how am I going to stop and just meditate for five minutes? It just, okay, fine, I'll do it. I mean, there was a point where I was in the car going, I didn't meditate. Let me turn on my meditation on the way to the gym. It's uh, so for, you know, we know what's good. And um, this was before I got the CGM too. So it was, okay, I know I need to meditate. I tell everybody too. I, I tell my clients, you know, I send them information. And then also the morning may not be the best time for everybody. You know, maybe afternoon, any little bit is going to help, you know, just it is, it's, very individualized. It's what works best for your lifestyle. But mm-hmm. again, seeing, um, you know, what happens to my body in the morning when I wake up, it is wake up and I'm, I, I'm ready. I'm on alert. I'm ready to go. And it's, you know, you can feel your heart racing and what a benefit from just slowing down and just maybe taking a couple of minutes to just relax. Absolutely. So again, that drove home that point as well. It's, you know, my cortisol, everything, you know, you wake up just like anybody else. But I mean, there are more, you can really feel your heart racing. I need to hurry up and get to gym. I need to do this. I need to get this ready. Lay out the clothes for the kids. I didn't do this last night, you know. So um, taking those, you know, it's, it goes back to the, the stress, you know. It's like calm down. Try to find those moments during the day when you can calm yourself. Because if you are go, 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 um, it's, I can see what's going on on my app. So I mean, it's just like racing to get the kids ready to go to the party like this weekend. Oh, we got to go to the baptism. You know, it's it's fun to see later go, oh, yep, we were just going to a party, but no, there's a lot more going on there. So, uh, yeah. yeah. As parents, that's such a, an important thing, though, is finding the pockets, right? It, it's so easy to get discouraged by listening to people whom we might look up to individually, we'll all have different people. And so you look and ask from an aspirational perspective, you say, look at, look at the way that one person is doing that thing. And it becomes harder because the benchmark that we create, it doesn't mean that we're yearning to be like them. We're trying to follow in their, the habits or the routines that they have. But if you try to take that model that they have and just inject it into your own life and your own routine, it doesn't always work. And then it feels 
a bit defeating. Like you feel like you're letting yourself down because the reality is as a parent, you get up and your cortisol could be spiking at any time for any reason. It's not the exact same time every day because there are too many factors. And you know, with three kids, like it's, I mean, it's coming at all directions at all time. So you have to find as a parent to find that balance, you have to find the pockets that do work that you can maintain that routine. Otherwise it gets really difficult and it doesn't always go if there are if there's any wiggle room that that routine could be broken for things outside of your control. That being, um, you're trying to do something around the same time that kids would have to be getting ready in the morning, sort mm-hmm. of making it up, or the time that you would be maybe uh, putting kids to bed at night. It's too like that fluctuates so much. So you find the pockets yes. around these goalposts, and then you go. No, this is me time. And the only person who can break this is me. And then that becomes the mindset part of it where you yes. go, no, I'm anchored on like maintaining this. And the mindset is whether it has to do with physical activity or mindfulness and meditation or eating well or all of these things. That's where as a parent, I think having these having these pockets that are carved out for you that you know cannot be broken by factors outside of your control are what allow a person to sort of maintain this path and really feel you. That's how you start to feel better because you go, oh, this all just connected. And as long as I can keep connecting those dots every day, every week, you feel a lot better. Right. It's um, planning ahead. I mean, really, that's that's kind of, you know what your week is going to somewhat look like. Um, So uh, it's just like what I tell others, it's look at the week ahead. Like for me, every week, it's what's going on this week. Let me check my schedule. Let me, okay, here are the important things. You know, it, let's take, for example, uh, the workouts, you know. Okay, I know this is going on. I'm going to have to have a backup plan. Okay, no, one of the reasons I work out first thing in the morning and suggest that to people, unless they really can't, that's the only time I know I can get it done because things come up later in the day, right? Uh, but like I said, you know, there are those pockets that you can count on and it's a matter of creating them too. It's, well, how important is this to you as well? You know, there may be other people who go, I just didn't have time for getting food. I didn't have time to eat. You know, I didn't have time, you know. So it's making sure you know what's important and setting, set, I guess setting yourself up for success, setting yourself up for those basics, you know, what's important for your week ahead. Um, also helps with when you talk to other people, you know, with my brothers and sisters, uh, you know, like I said, we all grew up with parents who were very health conscious. They worked, you know, my dad would make sure he get his workout in before going off to work. You know, we'd hear the air bike in the garage or he'd be doing his sit-ups and, you know, on the weekends, we'd go out running and doing all that with him as well. Uh, and another example, my mom, there's, there were six kids. So it's not like she can go off to the gym. There weren't as many around at the time with the hours. But she would be in the kitchen cooking, doing her tricep tips on the counter or just moving. Or she would even, you know, later in the day, you guys get down on the floor, do your stretching. So that's where we kind of learned how to adapt, what was important. And you get, get whatever you can, you know, what's important, do it when you can, you know. Um, and again, I talk about my brothers and sisters because some of them travel for work as well. Everybody has families, everybody has kids. And so it's just, it's interesting because we all kind of get, do different workouts and different, a little bit different lifestyles. And we always, when we get together, talk about different foods and it, it's, it's fun. When everybody is kind of on that same page, you take little pieces from that. 
And when we get together, we all go like in two weeks, we're all going on vacation um, down the beach for a whole week. Um, and what's, what's fun is just to see how everybody gets their workouts in. It's all different. Someone's going running, someone's going to the gym, some's brought, you know, I'll bring my weights, but also go running. I don't, you know, run every single day, but down there I will because I'm out at the beach. Um, it's just, it's just a variety. And so it's fun. And, uh, you know, you can always count on good, good food. Like we, we love food and we love dessert, but absolutely. My sister will make a dessert with almond or coconut flour, or, you know, we'll make sure we have plenty of, there's always plenty of protein and veggies, you know, always start off with that. So it's funny how even our parties have changed over the years. You know, we were younger, you'd always see, we'd have big, big family parties at my parents' house, be bowls of M&Ms, you know, all these different snacks out around and Coke. And, you know, now fast forward, you don't see that. You'll see the veggie platter. We'll start with our salads. This is just everybody. So it's, it is helpful when you surround yourself with like-minded people and take, you know, um, those, you know, points from them. And, um, it, it's, it's fun. It, it makes it easier. Uh, so, you know, that, that helps us kind of adapt that life, lifestyle. So. Yeah. And a big part of it that you mentioned is the, the aspect of planning or thinking a little bit ahead. I know Austin McGuffey, who is a friend of levels that many people are familiar with now, um, He'd put up a story, I think it was probably a week or two ago, and he, he's always very candid about the way that he's eating and working out and exercising um, and helping to spread the message of metabolic health and metabolic awareness. And he said, hey, like I, ha- I kind of had a bad day today. There were like three things that he had eaten. I can't remember. It was like Chick-fil-A and uh, something I else. I think I remember it. Uh-huh. It was all processed food. And he's like, uh-huh. what do you think happened? I gave myself wiggle room, had that little survey. And what it was, was, hey, like, don't run out of whole food in the house. Yes. We didn't go grocery shopping. And this was the byproduct of it. It's really easy to go down that. And so that's one of the the goalposts that, like, even in our house, it's Saturday, we go to the market, and we get our veggies and our, like, berries and the things that we get on a weekly basis. So you've always got that. And you, it's not that we don't really meal plan, but we've got whole food and that's what we eat. Right. And so having that where you go, you're not giving yourself the pocket to say like, Oh, I know I'm going to run out of veggies in two days, but I'll deal with it then. Cause you don't know what's as, especially as a parent or a working professional or anyone, we're all busy for different reasons. And like, you do not know what's going to come up on that day. And that day can turn into four or it can turn into an extended period of time where it's really easy, especially with on-demand food delivery. Now it's really easy to start to rationalize, like I'll fix it at a later date. And that's a a slippery slope to get into that people don't want to, especially when they're trying to be disciplined. But the mind is a tricky thing. It is very tricky and it can take us down some some interesting paths sometimes so that was it was a true a n- nice reinforcing point that he put that up and he said like hey we all have these days but like the reason this happened was because of grocery shopping and you go ah i'm gonna think more about that because right. it's, it's very relatable it's very right. relatable absolutely um you know when we go to the store if you know I, half the time at instacart half the time we'll go shopping i don't want to have to Instacart. I love shopping. That is what I love grocery shopping. That's one of my favorite things to do to just go and check out the foods and the labels, um, you know, and just, oh, 
how does this taste? It's got good ingredients and they actually taste good, you know? Uh, but also I love taking the kids, you know? So I'll have them choose a new vegetable and vegetable, fruit, whatever it may be, somewhere in the produce. Um, but I make sure that there are options in the fridge because, you know, some days they don't want mushrooms, you know? Um, I'll usually, when it's almost lunchtime, I'll bring out, or before dinner, if we're not having a salad, bring out a couple different options. So it's not like broccoli doesn't sound good today. Here, here's, you know, here's a variety. You know, I, as long as you guys are eating and dips, sure, we'll have bitchin' sauce. Um, I suggest getting bitchin' sauce just to hear your kids say that. <laughs> it's still hilarious. But, um, but yes, just ha- I always have frozen veggies um, as well as backup for me because sometimes I don't have the salad in there. I mean, there usually is. I usually like have, you know, spinach, coleslaw. It just makes sure there's a variety for all different options. But I always have the backup, the frozen spinach, the frozen broccoli. So we can always use that in any of our dishes. But you're right. That is that is a big one. It's, you know, make sure you have those backups um, and, and plenty of options. So there is no other choice, um, you know. And, and But there's also, that also goes to the point of, too, if you have too many bad options, then there's, okay, I don't want that. Well, let me have this, you know, so it, it goes both ways. It's, um, but it, it's fun to see, you know, other people, how that happens, you know, or, or the challenge too sometimes is some people, they want to try to eat healthy, but maybe their spouse is like, hey, you better bring home those Ritz crackers and those, you know, those cookies and all that, you know, and that becomes very tempting for them. So um, kind of working around that. And coming up with different options and setting themselves up for success is, uh, you know, something that we always try to try to find. But that's that's always interesting when you have two different wavelengths, you know, within the house. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, it takes it, everything takes a really long time, and it's not um, it's not as easy as just saying avoid processed food altogether. We know anecdotally that it's just not good, but it's a lot harder for people to just stop altogether. Now, it doesn't mean that people should keep doing that by no means, but there's got to be the flexibility to adapt because people will have different journeys. And that's a message that we we reinforce is, it, is this isn't a fast journey to health and wellness. It's not yes. something that you can snap your fingers and you can go from if you've um, if you've grown up and all you've eaten your whole life is chicken fingers and french fries seven days a week and that's sort of your standard meal like that's there are many issues with that but if somebody's done that to just snap your fingers and go you're only going to eat brussels sprouts and mm-hmm. oven roast like chicken in the oven fish salmon that's a that's a lot harder change for people to make and so you have to start introducing things slowly so that it full circle to back what you're saying these habits are things that you want people to carry on. You don't just want to gamify it where it's like, hey, eat Brussels sprouts for seven days so you can check a box and then go back to the old habit. It's how do you start to take away those old mental models of what people used to do and the way they used to think about themselves as far as their identity formation and the and the way they navigate the world. But how do you progress them along in the journey so that they don't want to go back. They're not doing it because you're telling them. They don't want to go back because they've been on the other side and they go, wow, like I feel incredibly better. Like physically, I just feel better because 
I've got good sleep now. I've started to practice more mindfulness. I've started to eat things that don't make me feel uh, like I have low energy, right? The, right. The, you, the mental clarity changes in the way that you physically feel in the morning. And so it's right. it's definitely a path. There. Yeah, yeah it's a, the lifestyle, but uh, it really is just what seems to help them is them understanding the why. Mm-hmm. What is beyond just, oh, this tastes great. You know, like he tells he tells me it doesn't. It's not good for you. Okay, well, great. That doesn't really mean much to people. If you tell them why or what's going on inside their bodies, and it's okay, they may try to reduce that. You know, um, so the the why, like I said, it, it works with kids. I mean, it it takes it takes a while, but even just slow the slow changes. Otherwise, they're taking away their favorite thing. And I, again, I'm all about balance. I love I love sweets. Like I said, like my whole family, we may be very health conscious, but Listen, when when it's dessert time, we we are healthy during the week, so we are enjoying dessert. Like we sure we'll fast in the morning, have our good meals, but we are having dessert. So, um, and we all have those things. For me, if there's ice cream, it could be like a low carb ice cream. But if there's ice cream in the house, you know, I know just to get one at a time because I don't want to keep picking at that. Or protein bars, you know, there's a variety. There are some that are more healthy than others, and some that are ultra processed. And yeah, some of those ultra processed ones are taste amazing, you know. Um, so another health food that, but I, let me, my treat meal is usually like a hamburger, fried egg, uh, pickled jalapenos, you know, I, we definitely, there's definitely the balance. It's not all health foods all the time. No, absolutely not. I, I, I love food. I enjoy it. Um, so that there's going to be that balance. And I don't want my kids to think there's there's anything really um, that they absolutely can't have. I mean, there'll be very few things, but no, they 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 know they can have dessert. You know, we'll have a little bit of time. It's just making sure that we're eating healthier options most of the time. But there's always chocolate. Yeah. It's it. yeah. chocolate. Chocolate is good. Chocolate nibs are my favorite. The uh, raw ones that are very bitter. I don't know what it is, but yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it, giving kids that foundation is the important thing. Like you're educating them at the earliest level, so they understand like what is healthy, and so when they want certain things, they know it's okay to have um, to have balance. I think mm-hmm. like we all have to have this this sense of balance. No one balance is going to look different to every person, right? So it's, you can't say, hey, here's your balance because one person's balance is another person's extreme, whether it's with food, whether it's with exercise, whether it's with anything, finding the balance, but there is there is a sense of um, objectivity when it comes to what is and isn't good for people. So what is good for people? Eight hours of sleep, I'm, I'm giving an average. What is not good for people? Three hours per night seven days a week, 365 days a year. Like objectively, that's just not good. Same thing with food. It's like, is it okay to have the hamburger on whatever day and eat it however you want? Assume that's not your standard. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Do it. Have that balance. But is it good to start doing this seven days a week, 365 days a year, maybe three meals a day if you're on the extreme? No, like these are the, these are the objective lines. So it's, helping people and it starts at the earliest age. I know Kelly Levesque talks about this often with um, kids when they are forming their palate for what the flavors that they find 
pleasing or satiating, you've got that 18 month window. They're very young, right? So introducing things like salmon and Brussels sprouts and uh, cruciferous vegetables, all of these different things. So they go, oh, like that's just it. But then like that, it's not just the palate. It's also the education of why they are having certain things. Giving kids that foundation is important. Without it, it's it's very, very challenging because it's too often that you see the cranberry apple juice, uh-huh. the 500 milliliter bottle, and that's just not a good thing for anyone to be having every day, never mind kids. Right, right. And another thing is just it, what's been helpful is just having them in the kitchen cooking. You know, they just, it's fun for them. You know, when they can help, uh, it's just more exciting. They want to know more, learn more. Now, you know, my, my boys, I, my daughter is going to be 11. I have twin boys who are eight. Their palates change some days where it's, no, I don't like raw bro- broccoli. <laughs> I like it cooked. Like, well, wait, last month you said you didn't like it cooked. You wanted it raw, you know, so that still happens. And um, the rule in our, house, in our house too is try everything. You have to at least try it. Uh, it we look at it more as an adventure, something fun. You know, when we go out to dinner, also we try to order a variety of foods. It, it Almost every time we go out, it's a family style dinner when even that restaurant is not family style because it's a perfect opportunity for them to try different foods, you know? So um, I always try to tell them, this is gonna be fun, let's, let's go here. What are you gonna order? Let's try something new. And it just, now they're, it, they want to end up making it when we get home. You know, so, um, but again, like it, there are times where they're, they're kids, they have that day where, no, they don't want to eat it. They don't, and that, that's fine. Or they want that treat or they're at a party. Of course, enjoy the cake. And that, but the hard thing these days is also after, yeah, birthday parties, events at school, and those all add up, you know, so that's, that's hard to kind of just relax about that. But, um, you know, they, they have an understanding that what they ate at school, whether it's the cupcake and they come home, it's, well, you know, let's, let's watch what we're eating. You, you already had your treat today. So um, that, that education helps with that as well. So I forgot what I was going to tell you about the kids, but, um, but it, it's, it's fun. They have trying out, have fun trying out new foods. But again, part of that is because we're going to the store and, and all of that. And just the rest of their family. Um, just being interested in food. And every time we go over to my mom, all of us are in the kitchen cooking our separate dish, you know, whatever we're going to contribute that night. So, uh, yeah, so it's good. But they want to learn more. Like my daughter, Layla, she is, wanted to help me with my clients, wanted to do something, and she knows I'm working with kids. You know, yesterday is like, fine, you know, come up with food ideas. So she typed up a menu for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So it's just interesting to see what was on there. Uh, but it's always, it, it's fun to see that she's taken to it as well. 